Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. I'm Chris Taylor and I'm on the Big Scuba podcast here with Gemma and Ian today uh, to talk about the North Norfolk Chalk Reef. Hello and welcome to the Big Scuba podcast. My name is Ian. I am your dive master and co-host for this episode. I'm not here alone. I've got somebody with me. Is my co-host is Hello, this is Gemma. Good morning and welcome to the Big Scooper podcast. This is episode 168. Here we are. And uh we are gathered round this microphone in lovely Pakefield today. Um <laughs> what say thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for downloading this episode. Um if you're wondering what we're all about, well, we talk to divers and explorers and people who love being under the water. And sometimes on the water, you know, we talk to paddle boarders as well and artists. free divers, artists, yeah. and uh, astronauts. We do. And we often share about them on our social media as well. So um, that's kind of the gist of what we're about. Um, coming up on this episode, we have got a local guy for you today um if you're in the norwich and norfolk area maybe further afield i'm sure um you've probably heard of chris taylor um chris taylor photography uh, we um have spoke to him recently and um, we've ca- sort of followed his work for some time now actually. yeah and we've been in contact with him well probably pre just before pre-lockdown or yeah three lockdown yeah. so um he's appeared on our local news doing he's a drone pilot as well some yeah. amazing footage um so that's... yeah professional photographer ex-wedding photographer mm. um and also you know um does a lot of drone work uh commercially and uh for you know uh for the joy of photography as well yeah very passionate about our local area so yeah. he's a based up in Sheringham North Norfolk yeah. and yeah it's just a place he loves one of the shanty singers of Sheringham and uh, one of the uh, vo- great volunteers of the Sheringham lifeboat as yeah. well yes yeah so yeah so Chris Taylor's coming up um so he'll be talking about all things um North Norfolk chalk and we've got a famous chalk reef um that's probably one of the yeah, maybe the biggest in the world. So he's, uh, he's not—he is a diver, but he does more snorkeling yes. and photography yeah. and things like that. So much more, probably more these days. Um, you know, and we a while ago actually, uh, just in the summer, didn't we? We did our—we did the one the uh, the snorkel trail, didn't we? We did. Yeah. So you can only do it when the visibility is very good so we just got a weather window didn't we and i we think did. it was mid-september yeah, yeah. yeah and, one uh, sunday morning didn't we went yeah, up there got and, our wetsuits uh, on and uh, went through and it is a, a snorkel trail so it follows an old victorian sewage pipe that's obviously disused and uh Thankfully. Has, <laughs> has lots of life so we had our wetsuits on we had our floats with us and uh, just snorkeled the trail and yeah, it was, was busy, amazing actually, as well yeah. it? it was busy yeah. and uh, free as well you know I mean how many things in the UK are free <laughs> and uh, yeah it's, uh, you know once you see the, the marker um, kind volunteers put a marker out on the uh, on the pipe so uh, people like us can go and have a look and yes. see where you, where you need to go and it is you know I'd say reasonably safe to, to do it is to think to do it is on a low tide and the um, depth the maximum depth we probably hit probably oh, a couple of meters that, three I'd meters say, if that. Yeah, yeah and um there was you know kids are out there and your parents out there with their kids and um 
it is you know it was a good thing to do it's lots of crabs lots of wildlife lots yeah, of fish fish lobsters and it's just something that you um have to do when the visibility is you know really good chris has done some amazing videos underwater of how it is when there've been exceptional visibility days yeah. isn't he and the yeah. wildlife yeah just a- absolutely stunning and it is a very famous um chalk reef um so a habitat and it is a protected zone as well is yeah so yeah. uh um if you're in the area or next year if you are a holiday in north norfolk why not it's a beautiful part of the world um put that on your to-do list it's uh it's a really thing to do so look it up the sharing trail and uh sharing them sharing them chalk reef is um you know it's protected now isn't it mm, yes yeah so uh yeah yeah do that uh what have you been up to this week um we haven't done any sort of diving as such, but we've been busy communicating with people over the podcast wave. Now, a little birdie told me that you are looking at doing the rebreather try dive the same. Yes, yes, that's all booked in for 2024. Cool. Yes, yeah. so I thought I'd just give it a go. With the man Scott. Yes, yep, so that's going to be coming up in early 2024, just to give me a bit of an insight into the rebreather world. And I think it's good that we know what it's about or have sort of stuck our fingers in the water yeah i should be doing it again uh we did talk about it last week and also the we gave out the details for scott laddiman yes um, who ran the tri dive for me so and he'll be running your course as well so uh look up his details in fact you know uh look up some of the previous episodes if you uh are joining us for this episode is you know you're new to us um the last few episodes we've had various guests who have we had so this uh previously laura park so yeah. she was a floridian and we spoke to her about snorkeling what's a floridian she comes from florida i've not heard of that before does that um, mean i as i come from bungie you're a bungarian I'm a bungarian because <laughs> yeah. we all know that bungie is the center of the universe yeah so yeah. like that i'm an astronaut <laughs> anyway so we spoke to laura park right. so she told us about she's a scuba diving instructor and snorkeling prior to that we spoke to another american yeah ted hearty yeah and he's from immersion free diving so that was all about free diving but there were lots of aspects of we love the, our cousins across the across, across the pond yes yep yeah. so there were lots of aspects we spoke to him about that are applicable to diving as well as yeah. free diving yeah and actually just talking about that we i shared i'm often reshare some of his videos and uh, he came up with this really simple solution to not getting water going down your pipe so have a look at that and i reshared and i thought you know what when you're snorkeling it is a pain you get water going down the pipe and you're like <coughs> And you've got to blow it out and all the rest of it. Down your snorkel. Exactly. And it's a really good solution. So yeah. uh, have, have, a, have a look at that. Yes. Yeah. So that was really interesting. And then we spoke to officially Miss Scuba International. We did. Hayley Adlam. Yeah. So we'd spoken to her just prior to her competition. But and she as, won. as we released it, she was crowned was Miss Scuba International. So that yeah. was really good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, lots about her work offshore too, which was really interesting. Then we spoke to another top lady. Yes, Jojo. Yeah. <laughs> so a rebreather um, and Santi ambassador as well. So yeah. that was really interesting. Joanna Wybrick. Yeah, very uh, enthusiastic about her diving. Yeah. Yep. And last breath. 
<laughs> yeah. so episode 163 was chris lemons yeah. so if you have watched the film last breath seeing a offshore diver stuck underwater with no nothing to breathe chris lemons was the, that man brought back from the dead yeah so that was really interesting so there's some good varieties in those episodes Don't go towards the light no <laughs> apparently okay <laughs> yeah but uh, 167 episodes to listen to and now you're listening to 168 how many 168 so many and four years in the making yes so 168 this is our last episode of 2023 some people thought we'd only make it past lockdown they laughed didn't they (laughs) (laughs) we're still here and we're not going anywhere still here (laughs) here. sorry you got put up with this (laughs) (laughs) so but anyway seriously there's 167 episodes in the back catalogue to listen to so over the Christmas and New Year festive holidays yep. listen in <laughs> yes exactly if you're starting the gym again this year get in with it get down with the with the uh, downloads and uh, yeah and, and I, have a tune in while you're on that running machine and I think there's always something that comes out of it that you can relate to life there's always a little nugget of some we kind we had a message the other day didn't we from somebody who's, uh, who's new a new mm. listener and said that they're catching up on some of the episodes and that some yes. of the previous ones you know they're all out there um, they're all free um, you know so yeah you don't need to listen to them in the order that you and we are planning we are planning one of the things we are planning on doing is um, getting in contact with some of our early previous guests mm. because you know things change people do things uh, people are busy so uh, they evolve we and are going to be yeah. um, we have got some things lined up for next year and some more trips and we've got some visit in fact January and February is already busy. looking busy um, you know and uh, some of the things we'll be doing we'll be catching up with some of our early previous guests mm. who we haven't spoke to for a while to no. kind of find Ca- out what they've been up to catch up yes since we last spoke yeah, so that's all all interesting stuff. <coughs> <laughs> so so that's episodes and you've had a new delivery in the week. I you? did. It's arrived, it's black and shiny and I I'd be very not, very proud of it. Happy. <laughs> I am, yes, like a new child. So uh yes, is uh I got picked up my truck and uh you know, I like having the truck. And, yes, uh, it's very you. It is, yeah. And um, it's yeah, it's great. I haven't done much miles with it actually so far. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's great. So there'll be more about that over the court. Well, we'll be sharing about it. Is that be so? You know, it'll be the dive truck. Um, yeah, we both got vehicles that are suitable for diving now, haven't we? Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We both got new vehicles. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's really good. And um, looking forward to using that and. Uh, sharing about it on youtube and stuff yes, so, yeah, so uh, watch this space and again mentioning our youtube channel have a look at yeah. our youtube channel because there's lots of footage there to there sort of catch up on and our adventures on the water kayaking underwater footage as well yeah there is yeah and give us a like and we, a subscribe. Need, we need to try and make some more of our youtube we haven't really done so much with the youtube no. So, uh, what is that? Keep bleeding. It's my phone. <laughs> I do apologise, listener. <laughs> I didn't put it on silence in the kitchen. Um, right, so I think that's everything. And then we just need to mention about sort of winter season. So in the UK, in the UK, yes. Yeah, so um, diving doesn't mean diving stops, but we do get our equipment service. Our Australian and uh, Florida and further afield listeners, they're now laughing, going. <laughs> <laughs> you've got cold yes it's cold and a lot of people in the uk 
Uh, so in the UK, it's you know usually after Christmas, between Christmas and March, let's mm-hmm. say Easter. Uh, a lot of people take the opportunity. Not all, you know. Some people are hardy and they they dive all year round, and that's great. Um, but a lot of people in the UK do take this time um, to send the dry suits off, like I'm now going yes. to do because mine's leaky. Yes, um, so I'm um, <laughs> might get fixed. Our friends at O three can fix that for me. Um, you know, get your regs sent off. BCD, get that serviced. When did you last get your BCD serviced? Mm-hmm. You know, they're all important. They need things. a service, yeah, like yeah. everything else. You know, you got to rely on make sure that all works and what yes. have you. When did you last give it a good clean out on what have you? You know, make sure everything does work on it properly. Is it getting frayed? You know, all these things. Yep. So Now's the time to do it. You know, if you're not going to be getting in the water, um, but obviously most of our inland dive centres, I'm pretty sure, are open all year round. Um, visibility. I was in Stony last week. Visibility was absolutely immaculate. You know, it was just like yeah, that is the advantage. It's so clear at the minute, um, yeah. which is great, especially in the week because you know most of the schools are now coming to the end. Yes, and, um, weekend shouldn't be so bad now because yeah, the schools are all finished. Yeah, and it's yeah. Less, um, um, and then you know, for our, for Crystal Seas, normally we start things at Easter. Um, mm. So, yeah, now it's time. Get your dry suit in for service. Get your regs in for service. You know, put them through with your... You know, you can service them yourself if you know how. Great. But if not, speak to your local dive centre. Get them booked in. Yes, and there's also the opportunity over the winter if you don't want to get in open water, you can go into the pool and do, like, photography courses. Or Absolutely, yeah. start other courses, do the theory, and then get in the water. Sort of yeah, March, or April just time, book so. some time in the pool uh, with your local dive centre if they've got a pool and uh, go over some skills, you know. Um, when did you last practice um, doing an out-and-air scenario? Uh, a couple of weeks ago. I know we did. <laughs> we did, But yeah. some of our listeners may be new haven't done it for a while so no, it's important to keep those skills all refreshed get, get an hour a couple of hours booked with your local dive center in the pool um if you want to do it in the cold and um with your with your buddy and uh yeah book some time and go through you know if you speak to the dive center they'll give you the uh, let's say the paddy one uh, you know other mm. agencies are out there and will do the same thing and you can get a list of the skills, the yes. basic skills that you did in your open water. And you can work your way through that those skills to say, say, yeah, I can still do this. I can still do that. I can uh, take my mask off uh, and, and put it back on while being... Uh, neutrally buoyant yeah it's just um, muscle memory really just to remember and even like kitting up it's just something that you've got to do at the poolside and just make yeah, sure that you're keeping yeah. those skills in the forefront yeah of your especially mind. if you you know if you haven't dived for a little while and you're thinking well I'm, i don't really want to get in during the winter i'm gonna wait till it warms up again mm. well that that's a few months and it's a long time it is a long time so uh, yeah definitely book some time in the pool um or with an instructor if they're free and see if i can you know jump in go through some of them skills yes so if you've got any advice let us know you can contact us in the usual places yeah absolutely obviously on the peak on the south coast um i think they're diving all year round Mm. um we're talking about our coast on the east where that's that's it really yes we've got no visibility on the east Mm. land but you know um, let us know if you are dying all year. That'd be good to hear from you. Yes, but I'm sure we'll be out on the paddle boards over 
in the yeah. next couple of months. Yeah, well, it's a beautiful day today. It's yeah. probably perfect weather for paddleboarding. Right. Well, that's kind of it, I think, isn't it? So yes, you, you were um, going to mention Becky Cagan Scott. Oh, yes, well yes. done to her. She's got another award um, for the... Um, beneath the Seas. Yeah, Beneath the Seas. So well done to her. And uh, it's really good. And... Um, yeah, well done. Yes, yeah. So that's another one. Look of her our up guests. if you don't follow Becky Cain <laughs> Scott. Look her up. Uh, some of the photos that she take from some of the Antarctic trips, you know, yeah. polar trips, uh, are awesome. So yeah, and um, then we just need to wish everybody a happy Christmas and have a great or New Year. If they don't celebrate Christmas, have happy a nice holidays. Happy holidays. Or <laughs> whatever it is you celebrate. Yes, if you're not but... at work, enjoy the enjoy the time off. Yeah, and we'll be having a little bit of a break um, into sort of mid-January um, so there'll be some more podcasts coming out towards the end of January um, but we're just going to get some stuff done aren't we, we are, that we need yeah, to get done jobs. for the big scuba um, but yeah this is the last episode of 2023 wow. well we want to say thank you very much for listening um, you know thanks for you know uh, downloading the episodes all this year thank you to and all if our you guests listen to us in June well we hope you're enjoying your ice cream and uh, enjoying the sun <laughs> Yes, yeah, because yeah, there's no time stamps on these, is hey, it? This is it. <laughs> this is it. But anyway, yes, so that was... But if you're listening to this in a timely fashion, then, yeah, great. Enjoy your time off. And, um, you know, if you're diving over Christmas, hope you have a great dive. Yeah, send us some pictures. Tag us in. Yeah, please do. Right. right. Let's get uh, Chris on, shall we? Yeah, so this is Chris Taylor, episode 168 of the Big Scuba podcast. Excellent. Thank you. Well, it's lovely to have you with us, Chris. And you're probably one of our localist guests yeah. we've had. <laughs> so, yeah, we've spoken to a couple of um, yeah Norfolk divers, but yeah, I think um, probably yeah more recently. Yeah, it's uh, nice to have someone not far not In far the away. Sound, same county as us. Exactly. Oh, amazing. Just whereabouts are you based? Sorry. Where are you based? I'm actually in Patefield on the East Coast. In okay. And I'm yeah. in the centre of the universe in Bungie. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and whereabouts are you? You. So I'm in Sheringham. Sheringham, yeah. yeah. Lovely part of the world. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, well, it's, it's really nice to finally catch up with you. I think we've been in contact all, not long after we started the podcast, back yeah, in I think 2020. Contact, I think we spoke... Um, that was way in lockdowns, really early into the lockdowns, I think. Yeah, sorry, it's taken a while to get to this stage, isn't it? No, that's fine. How it goes, busy, busy. <laughs> yeah, so obviously you've you've done some diving in the past, but how did your journey into the watery world begin? Uh, well, I've always lived in Sheringham. I grew up in Sheringham, so... Um, I spent a lot of time at the beach as a kid. Um, my uh, grandparents lived in Goulston, so we were often there as well on the beach and um, just always had a love for the sea and an interest in everything, everything water-based really, whether it's on the water, under the water. Um, and yeah, I suppose I followed that through. I enjoyed biology at school, so I then took that into a degree and ended up doing coastal estuarine and wetland biology at Hull University in the early 90s. Mm. Never really got a lot of use from it. I did apply for some jobs at Pokefield, actually, at the uh, 
don't know if they were called IFCA back then, but they were based in, in Papefield. Uh, um, the CFAS building. Is that... CFAS, that was it, yep. yeah. Yeah, 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 still here, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, never really got much. I then went off to Australia for a year, just traveling and ended up doing a little bit out there, um, collecting samples off the reef for people to look at in these touch tanks off, off Cairns on the Great Barrier Reef, which was incredible, and did a, a week on a, a dive boat there. Um, I learned to dive originally at, at school um, with, oh, I should know, I can't remember what they're called now. You've got Paddy, and then you've got the really strict ones. They're based on the, the Navy divers. Paddy and... Exactly. Bezac, there you yeah. go. So yeah, I remember with Bezac. So it was yeah, very strict stuff, all about the the you know the decompression tables and stuff, which is obviously is a good thing. Yeah. Um, learned to do that. So then had a, a dive trip to Malta, and my first ever sort of proper open water dive was in Blue Grotto there. Just as we were about to get in the water, someone pointed out a photo on the wall in the cafe next to where we we're going in, which had the largest ever great white landed, which was caught <laughs> there. That obviously set us off on an interesting. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and just fell in love with it there. I mean, I'd, I'd done a lot of snorkeling off Sheringham um, as a kid. We used to go in in the summer when it was calm enough. And we used to have a the sewage pipe, which is now actually completely disused and is now known as the Sheringham Snorkel Trail. Um, I used to walk along that when it was still in use at low tide and you'd see enormous crabs and lobsters at the end of this pipe eating everything came out of it. So it was a few years before I actually ate any crabs and lobsters because... Once you know what they actually live off, it doesn't encourage you to eat them too much. Oh. That's gone now. The waters are a heck of a lot cleaner than they used to be. We've had blue flag, uh, well, all, all along North Norfolk coast get blue flag beaches, you know, year on year. So lovely water quality off here now. Mm. Um, and yeah, and and I then got into doing photography and, and uh, filmmaking, uh, must be 18, 19 years ago. Um, and it was sort of a natural thing to then you know, when the weather was calm enough to then take the cameras underwater, ones that could go underwater without breaking, and uh, and start filming what we've seen down there. And it was, yeah, it was, it's was it been a real eye-opener because I kind of assumed that people knew that what was down, down there, um, but a lot of people that have lived there all their life had no idea how colourful and, and diverse the, the the marine life on the, on the chalk reef is. Um, so capturing that has been really good. People have been really interested, but I think what makes it special is that it's only actually really clear enough to, to have a decent snorkeling for a real few handful of days in the year. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to have to stop saying this. My cat scratching the door and it's driving me nuts and putting me off what I'm trying to say. So sorry. <laughs> once... Cat interrupts podcast. <laughs> right, I'm back. <laughs> that was quick. That's a very good uh, yeah. cat. Right, <laughs> shout out to really the awkward. cat of the house. What's its name? Tyra. Tyra. Tyra Taylor, the cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that a posh yeah. cat? It sounds a very posh name. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go into any details. She's not posh at all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, where were we? Yeah, so snorkeling at Sheringham. Um, I mean, the chalk reef here, so the North North Chalk Reef, as I'm sure you know, extends from Weybourne all the way around to Haysborough. And I think it's, oh dear, I should have read up on my figures, but it's a good few kilometres out to sea. Mm, and yeah. I think it's the largest chalk reef in Europe, potentially even the world. I don't, I'm not sure if they, they've got to the bottom of that one yet, but... And it's, um, yeah, it's a really unique environment. It's been sort of um, managed and fished on by the local fishermen for hundreds of years. 
Um, and they, if you speak to the fishermen, they'll say that, you know, the pots they're putting down and the bait actually feeds the reef. Um, and I, I, I like to sort of support the theory that the fishermen do, you know, they want to take care of the reef as much as possible because it is, a farmer wouldn't destroy his own land. No. You know, the, the, the fishermen want to look after the reef there and, and look after their fishing grounds. And it's an incredible fishery we have here. I mean, there's literally zero bycatch. It's um, the pots come up. They have to measure everything so stuff goes back if it's undersized. There's no, it's nothing that, you know, the trawling where they're absolutely decimating in this huge amounts of bycatch. There is no bycatch with potting. It's, you, yeah. you get your crabs and lobs. You may occasionally get a cod in the pot, but nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's my brief overview. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're lucky um, having the coast that we do have you know when you look back in just in recent history what's what we had we had uh woodhenge at cromer yeah. we've had wasn't it wasn't there or might imagine it a uh mammoth bone come out of one of the cliffs there was a whole mammoth came out of the cliffs at runston yeah there's all yeah. sorts in yeah so, i was down there one day and a guy was was digging out a woolly rhinoceros from the cliffs there as well so yeah it's incredible which is awesome isn't it the thing that mm. we've you know that we've got that history right and i think when you go back of the early years of diving when tvs were coming more popular in people's houses we we were blessed by sights of jack cousteau doing great diving and things like that and it's easily to get channeled into this view that diving is only accessible to these lovely waters all around the world and not mm. actually realize that actually we've got diving on our doorstep here. We've got a, a mm. coastline and yeah, that our window on this particularly coastline is a bit short, but you mm. know, in the summer we can actually get a wetsuit on we can go snorkeling and we can go for a dive and it is you know you can still see some some fantastic animals and uh get some great pictures with your cameras and things like that and it's lovely mm. to think that we have got that on our doorstep it's fantastic i think what makes it all the more special is the window to actually go in i mean for diving it's not so bad especially if you're on a boat you can go off further and you're not you're not yeah. so affected by the sediment but to have, so if it was like that all year round, it'd be great because you could go whenever you wanted. But the fact that you've really got to watch those conditions and it's got to be yeah. spot on for it to be, you know, really good visibility, that makes it really special. When it is good, mm -hmm. that you drop a buzz that like this is something special again. And yeah, you have to you have to keep, be quick. This year was very late, actually. Normally, yeah. um, August is a good time, but it was it was quite stirred up, wasn't it? Right up until probably mid-August and then things yeah. started to calm down and we actually got I, I didn't probably get in until early September and that's when the snorkel season for me was this year it was just those few days in yeah. September when it was just yeah. flat and calm lovely yeah and I think well we haven't even had the opportunity to dive the local coast oh, this year because of time but we did manage to do the snorkel trail I can't remember what day it was but it was just like we're gonna do that this. Was late September wasn't it I think it was yeah, yeah. We, we'd done Blakeney um kayaking the day before and then we thought well we're all paddle boarding and we thought we're yeah. gonna yeah give it a go because yeah it is such a special thing and we'd never done it and it was yeah. amazing yeah you think awesome. about your open water actually you know, we did at Gildenberg. Mm. I mean, you could see about 
when we <laughs> that double deck bus yeah. you could see what several inches of that if we're lucky and yeah. then your next dive from Gildenberg, you went and we went and did uh, Weybourne. And saw the Rosalie wreck. And, it and you saw just, how clear that was. Yeah. And it was just incredible because you saw the colours underwater. I didn't know what to expect. That was my first sea dive ever. And yeah, to see the wreck covered in all these amazing colours and fish. It was just, yeah, it just... I think that was like a real turning point from obviously seeing visibility like this in the inland site and then seeing what you could see in the sea was just incredible. Yeah. yeah. And sorry, hang on. Thought I'd left enough room, but she's she's been eating a lot of food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the snorkel trail, um, yeah, we just literally followed the pipe out and back and just did a bit of backwards and forwards and yeah we saw fish lobsters the yeah. colors of the you know the marine um like seaweed and everything was just yeah pretty good wasn't it yeah it's a proper rainbow down there it really is stunning and the nice thing about the pipe is you do get because it's sort of a like, almost like a sort of a artificial reef in a way that stuff uses it for shelter so you can actually get a lot of grass and stuff underneath it and get quite close to them I've found as well, we've done a couple of night snorkels. I haven't managed to get one right out to the pipe yet because it really takes the tide conditions to be right and the, the you know, the clarity to be, to be there, visibility to be there. But going out at night snorkeling has been incredible because, I mean, you know, when, you, when you're diving at night, the fish don't see your shape. All they see is the torch and they're not particularly afraid of a light. So, I mean, we were swimming around the, the rocks just off showing. I mean, these huge sea bass, you know, two or three feet from us, they did not care at all that we were there. Wow. Fantastic. Red mullet, I think it was, um, down there. Just all sorts of stuff. And, yeah, the, the fish just don't care. So if you get a calm night, I mean, it's a little bit intimidating walking into the Black Sea and knowing you're going to be swimming a little bit offshore. But you have some bright torches and obviously make sure someone knows where you're going. I tend yeah. to also phone up the Coast Guard, which they're always really grateful for. And I did say mm. this last time. I said is it is it wasting your time for me to phone you to say we're going for a night snorkel? Is that no? We really appreciate it because we will. I guarantee we will get calls about it. And obviously, being on the lifeboat crew, showing would be quite embarrassing to get the boat called out for me if I'm out swimming there snorkeling. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a good conversation afterwards, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'd be yeah. buying a few rounds in the pub. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's yeah just a good thing to do when we've dived off the coast. The coast guard is always called to let. Yeah. You know how many divers are going in the water, how long we're expected to be there, and yeah, we call them when we're out. Yeah, yeah. Well, even in the daytime. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. been Polly's always oh. done that. Yeah, if we're going a with... group, a big group of us. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, well, I think it's just um, well, it's good practice, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I started um, snorkeling with a uh, just a small orange boy towing along. I mean, it's quite annoying when you're snorkeling because it does it can get tangled up in your your fins. But there's there's yeah, we get the odd jet ski go flying past. Generally, when you're snorkeling at really low water and you're snorkel snorkeling on the chalk reef, I'm not, I'm often, unless I'm over the gullies, I'm often not in more than two, maybe three metres of water anyway. So it's quite unlikely you're going to get any boats coming over the top of you. But, and you're bobbing up and down on the surface all the time anyway. But yeah. I thought I'd better start setting a good example and using a flotation boy. It only well. takes one though, you know. I can think of river yeah. cleans that we've done and we've got a great big like marker there and we still have boats come right near it and I say, like, hello, yeah, we're we're under that. Yeah. 
you know, it's, it's dodgy. Yeah. 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 So have you done any diving off the Norfolk coast? Because obviously you dived in your sort of beginning of your career. Have you yeah. done? Um, last dive I did was actually on the Rosalie, um, which was great. Um, and I've recently, in the last couple of years, I've got a small, I mean, it's not a pony bottle. I used to think it was like a tiny little thing like that, but it, it's a smaller bottle. I can't even remember how many litres it is, but I've got that and a rig. And I just recently picked up, a, 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 do you still call them BCDs? So yeah. I'm a bit out of touch. Yeah. <laughs> picked up a second-hand BCD at Crystal Seas in Norwich. Those guys have been amazing. They're so good at get the tanks filled. That's so helpful. Um and yeah, and so what I'm now doing is I'll, I'll snorkel along. So I was finding, I'd see a lovely, lovely blue lobster sat in a hole or I'd see something I wanted to film and I'd snorkel down and I'm not very good at holding my breath. I, you know, I use a weight belt and snorkel, but still, and you're, you're kicking around to stay down there and the camera's moving around. So now if I snorkel along and I see something down there or I'm snorkeling along a, a chalk wall and I can see the holes the lobster are going to be in, I, I'll just stick the, the mouthpiece in and just go down and I can sit there for, you know, a couple of minutes and film and I get, I'll probably get, a good 20, 25 minutes out of this mini tank, which is brilliant, yeah. just off and off. And I'm never going deeper than, I'm definitely not going deeper than even four meters. So I don't need to yeah. sort of, as long as I make sure I, you know, breathe out as I come up, standard diving practice. But um, yeah, and it's been fantastic. I can really get some nice steady footage. And and the other thing is when, the, if you go in and the tide's running, I'm sure you've experienced this, you, you, you find something, you come back up for air, and unless you keep your eye on it, it's really hard to find what you were over again and get back yeah. to what you were over. So, yeah, the, the, the little air tank's been a real godsend. Yeah. Yeah, because it's so, I mean, the tide, people look, think the sea looks calm. But even when we were snorkeling, when you get out there, there is going to be, even if you're on slack, there's an element of yeah. drift. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a little bit. And it's nice to use the to use the tide and just sort of drift around and I love even going in really shallow stuff like even if it's you know two foot of water on a really sunny day all the colors and you can just lie there and just almost become part of it and you're just sat there just watching all the all the real tiny stuff that you'd normally swim over I just feel yeah. so at home down there I love it yeah. yeah yeah no I think even for people in the local area it is it's just like a wonder that mm. we've got on our coastline and then you know it should be explored and I know yeah. a lot of the time when you know even here when I'm looking out at the sea it, it, it's very rare that you'll see the waves roll over and it looks like clear through the waves it's always very sandy oh. <laughs> but on yeah. those days you think wow <laughs> it's just yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's gorgeous it's just there is a lot of sediment I think people often think it means that the sea is actually polluted or dirty it's just natural sediment and mm. It takes it takes a few days for it to to fully drop out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely love it, and it is it's it's a real sort of hidden wonder. But what's nice now is we're starting to see over the last couple of summers. I every time I go out now, there's always I'm not saying this has anything to do with me, but people are realizing now what's there, and there's a lot of a lot more people snorkeling in the water, and you, you'd be snorkeling along, and I can be a good sort of you know hundred meters offshore around you know almost out to to where the crab pots are and suddenly I'll look up and there's someone out there and you never used to see that you'd be out there on your own but now there's there's other people sort of bobbing around swimming as well which is lovely yeah yeah well when we did it um it I had a, yeah I had a float but yeah there were people out there with floats or no floats and yeah people yeah. with no wetsuits on <laughs> just yeah. and you think it's yeah wow they're really taking the opportunity yeah yeah. Which is great. So what's the most people. obviously there's crabs, there's lobsters. So the, what's 
kind of the the most amazing thing that you've seen on our chalk reef um the thing i love about it is it's it's like a it's almost like an african safari you never know what you're going to find some days you might go out and just see the usual stuff other di days you'll find there's a fair few eels out there now which is lovely like so, common eel which are i think they're on the endangered list still which is yeah. pretty cool to see you know full-grown eels um what i found uh my memory's terrible there was a scorpion fish short is it short spines scorpion fish i think that was quite cool to sit and watch hmm. um pipe fish uh the red mullet we saw last time we went night night stalking was really cool not seen one of them off there before certainly not during the daytime mm. um some nice jellyfish lions main jellyfish and compass jellyfish they're always lovely to swim with and film um and just some really lovely bright blue lobsters i don't know if they could be classed as these sort of mythical one in two million cobalt lobsters which i'm not entirely sure i agree with that number well, someone but... else told us how rare they're meant to be but we've seen yeah. like loads of them well when we went to the Barn islands they were just like everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> you're thinking these are rare <laughs> it's just like... yeah it's i don't know where the numbers come from and i think some yeah. places maybe have darker lobsters and we just have a lot of the bluer lobsters but generally lobsters are quite blue aren't they but some yeah. of them they definitely do vary in blueness um a friend of mine um one of the uh, fishermen recently um his wife sent me a picture of one that he caught which was um half one half was literally blue right down the middle and the other half was kind of an orangey color oh, so wow. they had the called bilateral asymmetrical uh colorization or something i don't know there's a proper term for it but it's incredible it was like a like a sort of a split yeah. personality yeah very cool yeah yeah and it's amazing that you know that that is a livelihood for our fishermen out on the north norfolk coast as well yeah 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 sadly there's there's very few of them around now and i think things seem to be getting harder and harder there's there's legislation and they have uh um mca um sort of paperwork and 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 rules they have to follow which is making things a lot harder for them but i'm, I'm sure it's for their for their safety but um it's a, it's a tough job now it's and you know considering there used to be hundreds of fishing boats and fishermen from Sheringham and chroma you know years and years ago now we're probably down to i know we've probably got five at Sheringham, and i don't even know if it's i think it's probably under 20 at chroma it's a yeah it really wow. is a mm. yeah 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 but then again you know the it's down to them that the the reef is being conserved the way it is because of their fishing methods, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, there's uh, quite a few of them now go further offshore and there is this, the, the, uh, the chalk reef was uh, made the Marine Conservation Zone um, a few years back now. And I think I've just said they have introduced now some no fish areas, which they're, they're sort of trying to see if it's going to make a difference to the animals on the reef, but I don't know. That's all getting a bit political. I'll try and stay out of that <laughs> commenting and all that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bet. I bet yeah. it does. Yeah, and the main thing is to enjoy it. So, have you seen any changes from the time when you've been snorkeling all over the the years that you've been in the area? Um, I mean, from if we if you want to go back, uh. 30 odd years yeah I mean when we used to have raw sewage being pumped straight out from basically where the from the sewage yes. pipe that's now the snorkel trail then definitely yeah you used to get some pretty nasty stuff washed up on the shoreline 
Um, and now it's, yeah, it's lovely and clean. You used to, I used to surf and, and bodyboard a lot of showroom. And if you went in, if you got hit in the face by a wave and that went in your mouth and you swallowed it, you knew that night you'd be up with, you know, oh. D&V, be pretty ill. And it was guaranteed every time. And it was just a sense of dread. It's like, oh God, I'm going to be ill now tonight because the water was so bad. Wow. It was just so full of horrible stuff. But now, yeah, you don't, you haven't got that concern at all. Mm. Yeah, I didn't realise it, would, no, it had it been... That bad used yeah. so recently that pipe <laughs> it's just yeah well yeah, yeah i mean i so I've, i'm 51 i've lived here all my life i'm trying to think what age i suppose we were probably 16 17 so maybe yeah 35 yeah i don't know when the pipe was was discontinued in use but definitely when we were sort of 14 mm. 15 17 there was still nasties in the water and you would get ill if you got a mouthful of it if you swallowed it and that's all it took yeah yeah Thank God oh. things have changed from then yeah. since then. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. God for surfers against sewage and yeah, all these guys that are doing all they can, the Marine Conservation Society, and yeah, you know, can to keep the waters clean and yeah. it is actually because otherwise, you know, who would give who would let uh lean on these people, these uh, big companies to sort out their act and uh you know for the Ooh. and make sure this sort of stuff don't happen. Yeah. It does take people power, isn't it? It takes people just does, to stand yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. So do you travel? Have you been around the world sort of snorkeling and doing diving or is predominantly North Norfolk your? Uh, a, a little bit. I've done some diving in Thailand on the Barrier Reef. Um, I had an amazing year. It was before, it must be four or five years ago now. So I had um, a friend of mine, um, works for a company called swim quest and they do sort of open water swimming holidays all over the world and uh he messaged me and said um oh, no i'll tell you what that the other one came first so i got this job for biosphere exhibitions in kenya to to go and um sort of document um a, a wildlife trip out there in kenya in this this amazing place called Enenkishu, which is in the sort of northern masai mara so i booked the flights for that to go out there and film that which is great and then I got this call from uh, from Guy saying, do you fancy, or would you be able to come and uh, film a, a, a swim, a liveaboard dive boat where we're going open water swimming in the Maldives? I was like, when is it? And it was the week before the Kenya trip. <laughs> I was like, all right, okay, I'm going to need to change some flights around here and, and, you know, fly from the Maldives straight to Kenya. So I was on there, went on this thing, I was making the film for them for the open water swimming. I did a little bit of diving out there, some snorkeling while they were swimming around and I was sort of filming them swimming to make this promotional film. And the guys on the boat were like, you've got the coolest job ever. This week you're in Maldives, next week you're in Kenya. I was like, no, this is really not my everyday life. It was, they seem to think that was, you know, what happened all the time, but that was just a really incredible two, well, actually it's three weeks. Today's episode is sponsored by Narked at 90, so let's find out a bit more about them. Narked at 90, their tagline has been beyond technical, which describes them pretty well. John Routley and Brent Hudson launched the company over 20 years ago. They are both technical divers who have logged thousands of mixed gas dives between them over a 30-year period. Using their engineering know-how and diving expertise have developed bespoke personal, commercial and military diving equipment, and products of a universally recognised, unparalleled calibre. Their ability to be adaptive and versatile with their developments led them to support the NHS during COVID. 
using their superior knowledge of breathing and oxygen monitoring systems to help develop emergency ventilators. They also design and supply the sneaky stuff used by defence-based development groups throughout the Western world, although they can't tell us much about that. If you're thinking of moving across to tech diving or completely new to diving, Narked at 90 can advise and guide on the best equipment and setup for your personal or commercial requirements. Narked at 90 have unparalleled experience of shearwater dive computers and are the longest serving and sole and UK European service centre for those. They are happy to offer technical support, servicing, repairs and upgrades to all shearwater computers past and present. Narked at 90 stock shearwater computers but are also stockers and technical support centre for many other manufacturers including Divesoft, JJCCR, Hollis, Revo and Kiss Rebreathers. Based centrally in the UK, Narked at 90 also offer full rebreather head servicing for selected manufacturers. Bespoke cable assemblies. Advice on specific fitting requirements. Suggestions and guidance for home builds. Computer laser cutting and engraving. Pressure testing to simulate 400 metre dives. So, Narked at 90, a reputation built on supporting both manufacturers and divers worldwide. Go to narkedat90.com and make sure you are following their social media to keep up to date with their latest news and offers. Narked at 90, large enough to cope, small enough to care. I don't dive as much as I'd like to. Um, I, don't, I don't have time really with the work. I'm just so busy pretty much most of the year um, with the filmmaking and the photography. But So yeah, I get my fix here when, in the summertime when the, when the water's calm enough. Yeah. But I'd love to dive more. I'd love to. I just need to win the lottery and not have to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So with your work, so it's predominantly filmmaking, photography? Yeah. So I started off doing wedding photography. Well, I, I worked in IT for, for years. It wasn't me at all. And um, got on this course in Norwich to do wedding and portrait photography. I thought that's an escape route. I'd always enjoyed photography. Um, did that for 16 years and it was you know it was it was fun while it lasted but extremely tiring pressured um, you know you've got 150-200 guests to try and photograph if it's a rainy day they're all packed in a bar and the couple want these shots they've seen in magazines so it's really, really stressful <laughs> and hard work as well you're sort of on the ball I mean obviously not hard work compared to someone that genuinely does hard physical work but I'm only walking around with the camera but it was it felt like the day after a wedding, I felt absolutely battered. I think because you, you, you're mentally on the ball for 12 hours plus, you're lugging all the gear around. I had two big DSLRs, multiple lenses in bags with me. You're sort of carrying stuff around, you're getting all the shots and stuff. And then the end of the day, you get back and you're like, well, that was really hard work. So I, I weddings were great for a while, but then I, I decided it was during lockdown, actually. We were sat having a chat in the conservatory just here having one of the uh, the after-lunch drinks that we tend to do in lockdown because there's nothing else to do, just <laughs> having a chat about things. And um, and Leanne, my, my partner, said, why don't you just stop doing weddings? Because they, I was kind of, they were stressing me out a little bit. And I, it was a risk. But, you know, she said, well, you've got to take a risk and it will make you concentrate on the, on the, the other stuff, the commercial side of stuff and properties. So... I did. I stopped taking wedding bookings, and by the time we got through all the lockdowns and I'd fulfilled the bookings I had, um, 
that was uh, probably a couple of years ago now. Um, I'm absolutely loving it. So my work now is commercial stuff. I do a lot of tourism filmmaking for Visit North Norfolk, um, other organisations, um, East Anglian Air Ambulance, um, RNLI. So lots of really cool, interesting stuff. I've got a job uh, tomorrow for a local uh, public school which has got 23 brand new Steinway pianos being delivered. So I'm documenting them. I don't know how much money's worth this, these things are going to be, but I'm, yeah, I'm a bit nervous. I'm going to put the drone up above them and get some shots as well. So I'll just have to <laughs> make sure I fly very carefully. And then the day after, they're then going to play them all together at the same time. Good grief. That's amazing. So, yeah. So I just say that to sort of demonstrate how varied what I do now is. And it's it's great. I really enjoy it. And it's a 90% video work now as well. It was photography for, for so long. And I just thought I'm never going to do video, but I actually really enjoy it. And do a lot of yeah. drone stuff as well now, which is great. So again, that's lovely with the the chalk reef in the summer when you put the drone up and you can really see the outlines. And there was a couple of years back I um, put put the drone up and I could see the really clear outline of the SS Commodore wreck that's off Sheringham. And it, you know, it's not like I discovered it, but it's it been uncovered by the sand for the first time in years and years. Um, so I sort of filmed that, then got in the water and snorkeled around it and filmed it. And that that got crazy coverage. That was on, I mean, that was on NBC in America for some bizarre reason. Wow. A, a, <laughs> some news anchor in, in this New York. It's really crazy. But yeah, just just great fun yeah. seeing what you can, what you can well, do. I, and I think it shows it doesn't matter where you are in the world, what conditions. You know, we're not blue water, tropical waters here, but you just can... You find the magic in it, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you really do. And it's now it gets to the point where you want to try and find something different. So I, I, I want to try and do have you seen the sort of the underwater ultraviolet um filming? There's a guy down, I think he's down sort of Dorset way. I think he's done possibly some stuff in Studland Bay as well, but with the uh, the camera with UV lighting either right. side of it and seeing what, what fluoresces underwater. And it's it's wow. really cool. Things look so different. Are you talking about the the black light is it black light what they call yeah that's it yeah 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 so it's like a uv light that you have which is the same name for black light and i think you have like a yellow filter over the lens which then cuts out the the purple or the bluish of the the ultraviolet and so you then all you see is the the true fluorescing colors of the crabs or the fish or you know whatever you're looking at i mean it's even cool if you go for a walk on the beach i've got a, a few led ultraviolet torches you get them on amazon for like 15 quid or something go for a walk along the tide line on the beach with one of them and you'll see the seaweeds all glow some crazy colors at night if you're walking along looking at them <laughs> really? Wow. really cool yeah i've not yeah. done that i have to try that rock pooling. go down if you go down to runton or somewhere with rock pooling with a uv torch and look at the, the shrimps all glow a different color you've got crabs have got different colors i think periwinkles have a bright orange tip on the top of them which really glows and the seaweeds are all different colors yeah it's great fun yeah. See, this is amazing because it just shows you. I you didn't don't, know. You don't need to be like a avid scuba diver. You can just be a snorkeler or in a, just a beachcomber and get all this enjoyment yeah. about our sea life. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, so the drone work. I mean, we've seen some of your footage, um, obviously on YouTube and on our local news, and it, it's just incredible. Yeah. It just brings the coastline alive. It's, it really has. I mean, the drone. The whole drone drones thing has just opened up a whole world. It's it's superb because you can't you couldn't get those shots from a, a proper helicopter. You're not allowed to come below 
500 feet unless you're hang on 500 meters no 500 feet unless you're coming into land so you can't there's there's shots that you can get from a drone that you just couldn't get from anything else yeah uh, which is superb i mean that's why i'm now doing so much video because i got when the first drones came out where you could actually see what was on the screen your controller it wasn't just a gopro and you were just hoping you were getting something and getting it back and seeing what you got so someone sort of put me on and said there's this new drone out where you can see live what's happening on the camera i was like right i'm getting me one of them <laughs> did a load of photos and then people started saying can you do video as well i thought oh go on then i'll give it a go and it's just one of those things that you then it's the same basic principles exposure aperture iso white balance but you've now got frame rates um you would have sound if a drone recorded sound but it would just sound like a a swarm of hornets so you, you know you put your own sounds on put some ambient sounds some music to create the mood um and you've got different sort of shots you know pans tilts sweeping orbits you think they'll stuff. bring and it out with sound because i'm wondering whether with ai um they now have done it with the beatles haven't they and um the yeah. beatles have got a song out uh I forget what it's called now and um it's all come about because of john lennon recorded in the late seventies, um, some demos on a, on a tape. And it's only become about now where we've got AI technology that's been able to split the sound of his voice and the sound mm. of some of the instruments. And it's, if you, you know, it's all on tape and, um, mm. and they're now managed to, now they've managed to withdraw his voice from the tape. They can now put that with Paul, george as well all singing you know that's really um, interesting yeah if they could filter out the sound of the propellers yeah and the motors that would be incredible wouldn't it it yeah. would because you think most of these drones now i can't fly a drone on if if it weren't for the fact that dji virtually fly their own you know you can send it up the loft and <laughs> get some great you know you know awesome great, isn't it? yeah yeah yeah. brilliant but yeah that's that'd be amazing if you could actually because i just end up having to i've got a whole sort of library of sounds some stuff i've recorded myself other stuff you can get from sound libraries but if you're doing a drone if you ever see any drone shots and you're hearing natural sounds they weren't on there because the no. drones don't have a microphone <laughs> so it's all added on it's the same if you see a wildlife program and there's a drone flying over and all the animals are running they're not running because they want to run they're running because they're running from the bloody drone oh, last <laughs> night um so just we better better explain so last night so it was planet three david amber's planet three and there's a drone footage going through this um i presume it's drone footage it's quite high but going through this um african sort of mountain area and uh, in the desert and you could hear all these sounds um mm. and what it was it was camels these, uh, I suppose, the Bedouin um, guys, and they had heard, and they're on camels, and the sound coming through because it was all echoing around the mountains. It was awesome, and the video oh, work it was just amazing. Oh, they're incredible! This series, aren't they? They really are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's it's good because it inspires other people to give it a go, doesn't it? And that's yeah. the way that you're you're kind of entering the natural world. I guess finding out a bit more and yeah. learning a bit more. It's great. And the way I see it as well is the more people that have appreciation or even understand what's in there, the less likely they are there to just chuck the rubbish on the beach or, you know, walk along and they might be inspired to go along the tight shoreline and take a bag and pick up some of the plastic and some of the, the yeah. junk that's on the, on the beach. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. 
if not preserve the, the environment like that can only be a good thing. Is that something that you've seen get worse over the years? Rubbish on the uh, No, I find it quite annoying. <laughs> this is really bad. But I love going along the tideline after a good storm and finding all the <laughs> stuff. And I'll take it back and I'll pick up all the, the plastic and the bottles and the rubbish. But also you can find some quite cool stuff. In fact, I've got some, in fact, I can grab it if you like. I've got a jar full of bits of amber I found on the coastline here, which is wow. just yeah. treasure. But I, I love walking on the coastline and seeing what's there. And if I time it wrong and the guys have been along and done a beach clean, there's nothing to pick up. There's nothing to look at. And it's really annoying. And I shouldn't be grateful for that. It should be. I mean, I should be grateful for that because there's no rubbish. But, but... some beaches seem to gather more stuff than others. We've always found lots yeah. of stuff on Wolberswick. Yeah. But if you go to Southwold, hardly anything. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. What I think we're complaining have... about. But actually, it's, it's, it's interesting what you find. Yeah, it's currents. I think as lot as well. You get um, just just between Sheringham and, and Weybourne, you've got uh, there's a, a really shallow sort of a bay, but near sort of Spaller Gap and the old high, it's, it's almost when I mean, it's not a bay, but it's it's about as close to the bay as we'll get around here. And the currents, I think, there's something going on there where stuff does get washed up there. I think there are some sort of the tides do sort of conflate somehow, if that's even the right term. Yeah. So you do get certain bits where you know there will be a lot of interesting bits and bobs washed up to see whereas bits that are more exposed it just gets carried on to those areas until it finds yeah. somewhere that that's stopped them mm. yeah there are definitely better areas so what's the up. um what's the one photo you've seen that you wish you would have taken oh i'll tell you one uh, do you know dan abbott have you ever spoken to dan abbott if you haven't you're dan abbott, yes. yes yeah we have yeah. yes yeah good guy he came down and snorkeled on the the reef with me a couple of years ago He'd seen some stuff and he's since gone off and he has been capturing some insane stuff this year in Pembrokeshire, hasn't he? The whales with the dolphins riding their, their wake is just like, well, Dan, I'm in awe of that. <laughs> yeah, but I think all this exposure of people like yourself and Dan and, you know, lots of other people in on social media, it just kind of makes you think, whoa, this, there's this wild world out there and you just want to go and explore it. Yeah, I've been... So I was really pleased. I got some um, shots that there's a pot of bottlenose dolphin off uh, Runton earlier this year. Um, managed to get them on the drone, which was awesome. And then some, someone did actually say to me a similar question, what would be your dream shot from the drone? And I thought, well, you know what? They've, we've got this huge, and I'm not wishing any harm on the seals at all, but we've got this huge seal colony at Blakeney. And all it would take is one pot of orca to discover this amazing food source there. And that would be my dream shot would be, you know, the Falkland in the Falkland Islands where the that was the Latimer one where the, the orcas beach themselves and grab yeah. these seals and sort of wriggle back in the sea. If I got that off Blakeney Point, I'd die a happy man. <laughs> yes, yeah, that well yeah, yeah. And we, we know, yeah, obviously seeing the seals out there, it's just yeah, hundreds yeah. and hundreds. Well, um, I don't want the seals to get eaten, but to see an orca taking a seal off here would be incredible. Uh, yeah. yeah. But well. yeah. But anything like that, I mean, um, I'd really like, I'm really hoping to get uh, basking sharks to, to film some basking sharks sometime soon because they migrate up and down the coast here and it's just a case of timing or, or you know, the bird watchers will quite often see the fins going past. So it's a case of getting the word and I'll, I'll get well, out. Well, they come and... along our coast, do they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know, didn't that. know that. No. Wow. Yeah, they come past. I think it's they migrate past here and this time of year at the moment, I think, hang on, there was one. Uh, only a few days ago, it was going. It was a uh, uh, not side strand, and it was heading 
east, I believe. So I think they're coming down from Scotland. They're coming down and around the coast at this time of year. And then springtime, I think they head back yeah. up that way. This will be a breeding ground or something. Yeah, because the season in Scotland kind of finishes September time, because I know we looked maybe going, but it would be too late. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, I guess they kind of come down either side of the country. And down here and probably head down to Cornwall. You get some... A friend of mine actually was in snorkelling in... I can't remember what the bay was, but he was snorkelling. Suddenly this just beast came out of the out of the water and it you know it was then next to two or three huge basking sharks just snorkeling off the beach wow. and that was incredible yeah yeah, yeah. and it's it, it, yeah it's just amazing and then you see like the blue sharks down in Cornwall basking sharks it's just yeah. we, we have such a diverse range of wildlife around our UK waters it is incredible I mean this has been one of one of my dreams if I ever get the time or, or get the sponsorship to produce it and I have approached a couple of TV companies but they said it's a bit too niche but it would be to do a snorkeling tour of the British Isles I hope no one else is allowed to nick this all right this is my idea <laughs> snorkeling tour of the British Isles and actually make a documentary of all the different I've got a whole list you've got you know you need permission for it but you've got the seahorses in Studland Bay like you say that you've got the blue sharks off uh off Cornwall or, or Pembrokeshire um Lundy Island uh, yeah. I mean there's all around that you've got the Blasket Islands in in off, it's off amazing. West Coast. don't you think that um you know we had uh Ross Kemp he brought his program out didn't he you know uh wreck hunters and that and how popular that's been you know you, you think Jack Cousteau and other divers have done other programs they've been popular and you can think of some YouTubers um, who are really popular um, for doing river, you know, go, going in the rivers and finding yeah. sunglasses and iPhones and things like yeah. that. And they've got like 13 million followers and that. You think, so why would it be wrong or why do they think that nobody would want to watch the wildlife of stuff around our aisles? I, I don't get it. And, and especially um, stuff that's accessible to anyone, like anyone. Yeah. The idea is it would be anyone could put on a mask and snorkel and go out and see these things. Do you think it's lack of understanding on their part? I don't know what it is, really. I don't know what it is, but I'd love to, you know, reach a point where I could self-fund something like this or, you know, have a camper van and just do, and just do, you know, a, a series going around meeting some of the local snorkels at each of the areas, talking about the area uh, and the natural history and then going down and, and filming it. And I just, I think personally, I'd be fascinated with it, but you know, that's, yeah. that's, yeah, it, I don't think it's as niche as people think it would be because it is, it is accessible to anyone snorkeling really, isn't it? It's, yeah. You know, if you can, swim, you don't even have to swim. You could wear a blooming float and just, as long as you can put your face in the water and breathe through a pipe. <laughs> yeah that that is it and you know i know that there's a safety aspect you know you've got to check the tides the weather and yeah. you know people need to know you're out there but it is very accessible you know, you obviously don't go jumping in like raging seas or anything but yeah like but the sea is also dangerous and we wouldn't be safe without our good friends of the rnli <laughs> which i believe you are a member of the sheringham uh well, sharing a RNLI and a shantyman. I am indeed, yeah. Anything to do with the sea, and I'll I'll be I'll get involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been part of the RNLI? 
20, it'd be 24 years next year I've been on the cruise. A long so, time. Wow. So yeah, yeah, it's whiz by though. It doesn't feel like 24 years. Yeah. yeah. So is it quite an exciting area to be in as a lifeboat man up in Sheringham? It's, I mean, it's a good thing. It's a very, very quiet area. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah we, we don't we don't get a huge amount of call outs a year um i was recent uh last week before last i was down at pool on a, a navigation radar course um and the first night we sat around the table and the guys saying right how many shouts have you had and there was people from harridge there like 50 something and um someone from plymouth i think he said 216 and there was like six yeah, I was like, oh, I don't even want to say how many we've had. But it, we're a quiet station, but that's a good thing because it means people aren't getting in trouble and people aren't, you know, you know, people are being careful. We've also got, I mean, there, there's a lot of factors. The station used to be a lot busier because there used to be a lot more fishermen. There was an awful lot more fishing boats went off. The engines yeah. weren't as reliable. They didn't have all the navigation and radar gear. Not that a lot of the fishing boats now have need radar. They know where they're going. But, um, you know, if the fog comes in, you can find your way back with radar but things things mechanics electronics uh awareness we've got the the lifeguards now on um two two of the beaches at Sheringham and all along the coast are on our lifeguards so they they will probably get a lot of stuff that we may have gone to like the smaller stuff inflatables and stuff and things like that so there's there's a lot of factors involved um if the fishermen have to call out an RNI lifeboat now they tend to get an, an MCA inspection which will put them off calling us they might call their mates or something like that but yeah there's there's a lot of factors um so yeah but we're there we, we still train every sunday every sunday morning and and quite a few wednesday evenings um we've got our our friends and flank stations to the east and west at wells and, and cromer so we sometimes we'll do joint exercises with them so it's a real good community to be part of and yeah it's it's you learn an awful lot like we we don't have to come into being a lifeboat crew knowing anything about the sea they, they the rni has got this incredible training facility and pool mm. um huge training you know the, the programs you can go through you can go from knowing nothing about the sea to being a blooming coxswain of an all-weather lifeboat mm. in a matter of you know they will teach you everything so yeah, it's an incredible organization part well as a diver and um you know someone who likes getting out on the water on a kayak or paddleboard you know we want to say thank you for your service and your, your colleagues and everything that you do you know because it's good to know that you guys are there um that if needed we just call 999 and ask for your help so uh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we're always on the page so it went off just before our, our, we have a, a a six o'clock test every monday and, uh, <laughs> this new pager is really blooming loud and it went off and really made me jump just before we came online <laughs> no way <laughs> um, <laughs> well it's a good thing um, to hear that you know the call outs are not as frequent because there are lots more paddle boarders out there kayakers because yeah. it has got mu much more popular than it was probably pre-covid times yeah yeah, there's a, a, an awful lot of people on the water. And I mean, it, the Saving Lives at Sea program has done a huge amount, I think, for yeah. sort of public and the good work the RNI does all, all around the UK. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but there, there's a lot of people using the water. We've got all the, the sailors at Blakeney as well. Generally, they're, they're quite generally quite safe there in the, you know, in the Blakeney pit. But, yeah, we've pulled a few divers in. It's usually the, we had a few, um, a few sort of potential bent divers, but... Um, 
the ones we used to get most of were, were bad air where i think they just you know put the the inflow too close to the blooming exhaust of the uh, generator which is a schoolboy error <laughs> yeah but, you know being a diver it, it kind of helps to, to know like if we do need to get someone in i know sort of where where the various clips and bits are to get them off and you know we always send away the dive computer and all the kit with them and generally the buddy as well will go because if one of them's got a problem the chances are the other one will yeah. have something so yeah it's uh it's quite interesting but yeah we're always there yeah no that's good no you're a proper man of the water yeah. <laughs> buy it on it under it so have you got yeah. any sort of projects coming up in the future that you can tell us about to do with the water? Water-based or, or anything. <laughs> um, not, no, I mean, my, summer is my busiest time. So winter, it, things definitely quieten down. Um, so it, I've got I've got quite a lot of stuff I shot this year. Like I did shoot a lot of stuff underwater in the days when we did have clear enough stuff that I haven't even had a chance to edit yet. So that'll be a nice little project for the winter. I'll, I'll pull all that footage together and edit it into, into a short film again. Um, mm -hmm. Winter's always, I love, I go, I always take a walk out to Blakeney Point, um, usually sort of from mid-December onwards until sort of end of January is brilliant. The, the seal pupping's going on and it's just an incredible walk out there from Clive Beach. So, and just desolate. You, you can quite often not see another person there, which is, and you've got all that time. It's awesome up there, isn't it? I love it. We stayed out at the, um, the Watch House uh, earlier this year, um, which is the sort of halfway house, the old Coast Guard. Yeah. A cottage. Lately point that was incredible i mean there's no is that, that blue building oh uh, no that's the old lifeboat station that's actually i say on the end of blatantly point it's not really it used to be on the end of blatantly point but because the spit keeps moving over it's now mm. well inland but, um no the if you were to walk along the beach you can see it pretty much from anywhere on the coast it's this little cottage just sort of stood in the middle of nowhere and it was the coast guard cottages uh it was oh i've read the plaque enough times but it was it was made, I think, it was to do with during the war to look out for the baddies coming ashore oh, here. Okay, um, but possibly even earlier than that. I think it probably was earlier because there's a wreck. Of, there's the Hjordis wreck, which yes. is just off the end point. You've got that that wreck, isolated danger marker, um, and that there's quite an interesting story that the Hjordis ran aground on a real stormy night. I know January or December must have been around 100 years ago, and um, the captain tried to get everyone off. And I think they pretty much all drowned apart from two guys. And one of them ran up the beach in this storm, freezing wet and cold, hammering on the door of the Coast Guard cottages. They let him in, got him dry and went along the beach. And by the time they got there, the tide had gone out and the boat was high and dry on the sand. So all they needed to do was just sit on the boat and wait, wait for the tide to come out. Yeah, it's a terrible story. But so, mm. yeah, but there's some great history around that, that whole area of the coast there. It's yeah, really that's all full of coal, isn't it? Is it coal. full of coal? They all are. I mean, the 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 Vera and the Rosalie were all SS steamship, so they were all coal powered, which is another great thing. I'm giving away all my secrets here. After a good storm, we'll go and walk along the coastline. You can pick up all that coal, and it burns really well on the fire. It yeah. burn. <laughs> yeah, free fuel. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's pretty unique. The North Norfolk coast. It is just. I mean, we've had some amazing trips out to Bla Blakeney Point kayaking, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. Just, yeah. And yeah, we are the only people there. And it's just like, yeah, most of the time. And it's just yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'd love to sort of stay out in there. They've got those huts out there. And they, I think, are sort of passed down 
through family. You're not allowed to sell them. You can only give them to, you know, pass them through your generations and your family. But to stay out on Blakeney Point would be, well, that's what, what the watch house is, I suppose. You're virtually mm-hmm. on Blakeney Point. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's a magical place. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly a wild place. I'd love to snorkel with the seals. I mean, you can snorkel with the seals of Lundy, can't you? Pete, you I, can I did try. Like... I did um, snorkel off uh, uh, with the seals at Blakeney. And did you? Uh, yeah. Great. Uh, yeah. probably about well, three years ago um, but they oh, don't okay. come anywhere near not like uh, the farms and uh, right. they kind of keep a, probably about three meters away yeah we got uh, some footage we when we were in the kayaks we put like the gopro underwater but yeah they're not like inquisitive like nibbling your no. gopro fins, yeah. like lundy or even the farn islands it's strange isn't it i wonder why that is if they're just why they're more wary of people there than they would be for the exact same species up the coast. Mm. But yeah. I've I just always, I've always, I've always Do you think that's what it is? I mean, they, they get seal boats out every day of the year down at Blakeney Point, but they still they still seem a bit nervous. And if you get, I know they, they did a problem a few years ago that people on kayaks and possibly stand-up paddle boards were going in too close to the seals. And because they're not used to, you know, they, they see the seal boats every day and they just see these heads popping over the top. But when the yeah. someone actually stood up, they were freaking out and sending all the all the seals were just going away. And then the poor old seal guys were coming out and not having any seals to show their customers because they'd all been scared off. So they had to have words. Uh, well, we saw a lot of uh, jet skis last year. And that wasn't yeah, very jet skis were going mad. That was yeah. you know, pretty shocking, that was. But, yeah. yeah. Not good. They're noisy, fast, and, yeah, they're just the boy racers of the sea, aren't they? But yeah. I'd love to have but they look great fun, but yeah, they're a pain in the arm. There's a plain place for them, but not yeah. there. Yeah, Chris, we... and it's over there. Yeah, exactly. Long way away. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, well, the main thing is, you know, we protect what we've got and uh, look after it and tell people about it and how amazing it is. And you, you're doing an amazing job of that and seeing some of the footage that you put on YouTube and on social media is just incredible. Yeah. So. Yeah, trying to find new things to do. I don't like to keep doing the same thing every year. So if you've got any ideas for a different way of approaching it or a different different way you could do it, I'm I'm up for trying to sort of think of something, you know, rather than just doing the same thing year in, year out. Or even, this is what's nice sometimes with photography, you go out with the, the lens you would never usually use. So mm. going and doing landscapes, go out with a 300 millimeter massive zoom lens and do landscapes with that. And you get some really cool different stuff. And it's almost like a fresh look at things. So it's trying to think, you know, do I just go in the macro camera? Should I go in, you know, it's trying to find ways of looking at what you see regularly in a different way. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think time release is good. I, I think that can be quite fun. And I think, especially if it's a camera, if you can find a spot where you can then see how the seasons change a particular spot. And I thought mm. about doing that with the drone. Um, is marking a place that you can send it up so the view because you got winter autumn summer and spring and all that and when you think about um how light changes and the colors and what have you and especially like now where a lot of places are flooded and things surprising how different landscapes all change don't they you know how different places look um so i thought about doing that and um, just doing it on one particular point and different times of the day as well. You get different light as well, don't you? Yeah, that would be cool. 
Yeah, it'd be nice if they made a, a drone battery that lasted 12 hours and you could just leave it up there for the whole day and get a time lapse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah, you need some sky yeah. <laughs> I think after a storm is always good as well. I think yeah. um, if you can capture a storm or um, go out straight after a storm, um, mm. I think that's, that's quite good as well. Um, Were you talking about the drone or, or either? Water? Either, yeah. really, because yeah. you know you see all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah and it's good. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, well, so, this... so you've not had a the way of not good northerly sort of storms uh, over this way for a while. I mean, there's there's been no. fairly decent as well with the with the was it the easterly we had last week. Um, and then, yeah, but we haven't had a proper good northerly blow up for a while, which is when you get all the everything gets pushed up the shore. And yeah, I love just yeah. looking at it's not, you know, you pick up the rubbish, but there's interesting sea life. There's, you know, some enormous, I've got a, a huge um, lobster claw I found on the shoreline. I can, shall I grab you some bits and just show yeah, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll need to explain for our listener what we're looking at as well. Yeah. So otherwise, they'll be thinking, <laughs> so, sounds great, but what is it? So Chris has just gone into his living room to look out some bits and pieces. He's uh, found... I was waiting for the cat to make an appearance. <laughs> oh, I can't find my lobster claw. I don't know where it's gone. But I've got the, so I've got some bits of amber that I found along the coastline. Now, yeah. I, I quickly went on your website today and saw you've got a video of how to make it shiny and clear. And I was just yeah. blown away by that. It's just, yeah, yeah, so I will put a link to that. So that's about the size of a, what, a couple of inches, like a pebble? Uh, yeah, what can I put next to it for reference? There's about the size of a golf ball? Yeah, it is about. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a good chunk. That's actually my other half found this one. Wow. That's amazing. Thankfully, she's left it at mine. <laughs> but I've got a whole jar of, of other. Hang on, see if I can show it. If I bring this camera down a bit, yeah, it's a whole jar of bits of yeah. found. Yeah, and when you actually find them, I, I've polished most of them up because I, I kind of like the look of them polished. But I've actually got one that I found, I've left as found in the sort of the raw, in the rough. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they kind of yeah. don't look as you'd expect and people quite often just walk straight past and thinking it's a piece of rubbish or a chunk of plastic but yeah yeah no, so, so amber is valuable isn't it we see it in jewelry shops or does yeah it i mean it's on... not it's not like a super precious i i'd never i don't know how much this little jar would be worth but it, it means more to me than mm. than the money would do yeah I, I don't think it's um massively valuable at the moment and that's the annoying thing is i did this whole video about how to how to clear amber and you know, make the milky stuff go clear. And then quite a few people have pointed out that the milky stuff actually is of higher value than the clear stuff. So I've been devaluing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, like you say, it, it's like we've just had like the storms on the south. And I was surprised that the beach here at Patefield hadn't really changed an awful lot considering the swell and the rough sea that we had. But yeah, on the south coast, I guess it's a, a, a lot worse than we'd see right up here. Yeah. 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 I'd love to go down there and and uh, sort of been there at the right time to to film some of those storms because uh, mm. they're just incredible. Some of those I love the, the power of a big wave just gives you so much energy, I think, doesn't it? As long yeah. as you can watch it from a safe point. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And I think it makes you appreciate the sea and just the power that it has and it's ever changing. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I I just think I I feel quite um claustrophobic if I go somewhere too long where I can't see the sea. Yep. Um, just know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. know what you mean. Yeah. If we go on a holiday, we won't go anywhere that isn't isn't on the coast. Yeah. You know, everywhere. Just the sillies are fantastic. It seems strange. I'm, it is weird. I, I feel the, exactly the same. I couldn't live. I couldn't live particularly much further inland. You know, I, I'm mm. what 15 minutes from being to the coast. Uh, Gemma's even closer, and so are you. And I just couldn't be right. any more further inland. It would seem really weird. Yeah. And mm. I don't know why. It's just just how it is. Yeah, and it feels, you know, like seeing the sea every day is just like a must. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. it just does something to you. And yeah, it's getting on the beach is... Yeah, amazing. you need to clear just a walk along. I mean, the walk at Sheringham, I've, I've done it God, thousands of times. But from the boating lake up along the cliffs, over Skelding Hill, back down to the old high and then back along the beach, I could just, I'd just walk that loop every day and still be happy. I think it's, yeah. it's just such a stunning view along the coastline around to Blakeney Point. You've got the, the in the summer, you've got the, the, the sea pink or the thrift on the cliffs. It's just really lovely. Mm. And sunsets, the sunrises, yeah, the beach combing. And it's just, it's like you say, it's ever changing. And yeah, it's just an interesting environment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think it shows, you know, we're a scuba diving podcast, but we talk to not just divers like yourself. We talk to people that are just so connected to the water that environment they love it and they're passionate about it and yeah. you know that really comes out from yeah your conversation so isn't it just yeah. shows even if you're not a diver you can get something from that watery world and it is yeah just incredible it'll be a, a lassophile yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah so with um all of our guests we always have like set questions that we ask them so if you could take three people snorkeling they don't have, you know, even if they don't swim, but just take them and view that underwater world. Who would you select and take? Goodness. You can't just drop that on me. <laughs> Guess more. That's something you We've got think more. about. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Three people. Uh, oh, geez. Uh, I don't know. I mean... It'd be easy just to pick your heroes like Jack Cousteau and David Attenborough and yeah, yeah. I don't know, but um, people that would I, I guess it would be maybe people that appreciate it. Um, I don't know. That's a really hard question. <laughs> I'll come back to you in a couple of weeks on that one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you've listed some that are, yeah usual people that we hear: David Attenborough, Jack Cousteau. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, then would it would it really impress them? They've they've seen the world in in everything it can offer so i'd probably want to take someone that would that you know would be super impressed to actually i'll tell you who i'd, who I'd take would probably be my my little nephew leo who's uh he's got cerebral palsy mm. and to be able to take him snorkeling and see it would be incredible to that to, blow um, him away but it? someone that wouldn't normally see it and, and get a chance to see it and appreciate yeah. it that that would be my choice actually not the guys that have seen it all already because they just be like yeah but funny. this is why going back to your earlier point about you know, you said about um, production company thought, you know, anything in the sea is too niche. But this is mm. why it is a good idea, isn't it? 
because to give people people who never see the sea, people who never get a chance to go to the coast and go for a paddle, you know, mm. if it weren't for programs uh, that are done around our coastline, how would they ever get to see and know what's out there? And, you know, and it's a, a medium of getting people to see what's out there. And I, I think mm. uh, it's a shame that they have that view, really, because I think um, a lot of people would take benefit from that. But then yeah. I guess that's why we've got YouTube, I suppose. Yeah. What's, like the, what's the BBC motto? Inform, educate and entertain. Mm. It's, yeah, it's taking people out. And that's why, you know, all of these uh, Blue Planet and all of the other stuff is such an incredible success. Apart from being amazing camera work, it's taking people oh. places we'll probably never get a chance to go or to see. So, mm. yeah, but the, the beauty of, yeah, the snorkeling is it is accessible to people. And we're not going to, you know, Australia. Talk about we're just that. British. Last, on that last episode um, of Black Planet 3, they were filming the flying fish and the camera work on that, those fish, when they're out of water, the clarity and the, you know, they were so in focus, amazing. And there was, the fish were flying and they were, the camera work was spot on. Some of the best I think I've ever seen to capture those fish flying and stay fo- in focus while it's moving along. You just, it's just like, wow, that, you know, that shot was just awesome. Well, it's like to being see. there, isn't it? And that's yeah. what they, you want to feel. And my that... TV is like 15 years old. <laughs> and, you, and I was thinking, that looks awesome on my old TV. What must that be like on some something modern? Oh, think, oh there's the awesome. cat. <laughs> You know, so another question we've got for you. Um, what gets you out of your comfort zone? What's going to be the thing that you think, oh, hold on? Uh, in the way of, I suppose, a lot of the time I'm quite, I'm quite enjoy my own company. I quite enjoy, obviously, like spending time with Leanne as well, but I, I don't like crowds. I don't like big numbers of people. I haven't been mm. to London in years and years. It just doesn't best thing about london is getting home again is the train back sorry um, for you any of you londoners out there listening. yeah sorry not not necessarily london any big city i just it just yeah. doesn't do my thing and and so yeah that would be getting me out of my comfort zone forcing me into a big like i used to, i've done a few glastonbury's over the years but that was a long time ago i think somewhere like glastonbury now while it's a, a great experience and incredible music the crowds would just do my head mm-hmm. in so that would probably be most out of my comfort zone yeah yeah, no, that, and I'm sure that'll make sense to yeah many of us. It's when you're used to your own space, and like we have space and skies in Norfolk and Suffolk, it is just yeah, you just want to get back there. <laughs> it's just yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. And then our final question: If you could have a billboard that you could broadcast to the whole world, so you could put a statement on it, a video, an image, what would you put on your billboard, and why? Oh, man. what a great question for a photographer! <laughs> it's a really good question. Image, video. Yeah. Oh, well, what would you put? I don't know. I mean, how do you answer this without sounding really glib or patronising? Or well, I don't know. God, it's a really difficult one, isn't it? How would you would you try and put a, a message out of 
How about a picture of your cat? <laughs> you see a cat over your shoulder. It's just, it's very chilled out and relaxed now. <laughs> that's not the same one. That's a different cat. <laughs> uh, what would you put on a billboard? What would you put on a billboard? Um, probably some cheesy inspirational message. I really don't know. Doesn't have to be. Love the ocean because the ocean will love you back. There. Excellent. Yeah, that's a good right. one. <laughs> You're happy now. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to do with the sea, that's good. <laughs> You're a yeah. man of the water. <laughs> yeah. No, though, that's that's really, really good. So yeah, it's good to hit you on the hoof with some questions. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Thank yeah. You so if people want to find out more about you or look at your work, where are they best to head over to? Um, probably so my website is uh chrisTaylorphoto.co.uk. Um and then my YouTube channel, I think you just put Chris Taylor Photo into it and you'll find or even uh, snorkeling at Sheringham or Norfolk Chalk Reef and you'll find the the sort of the underwater stuff of the of the reef and the various other bits and bobs that I tend to film. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's all good fun. Just yeah. working on a Shantyman. We had a big sh uh, showing of Shantyman gig last night on Chroma Pier, um, which we made a few uh, made a few sort of films for, and we had a, a nice introduction from Stephen Fry, which was lovely. So just nice one. you know, yeah, working on that. So I'll post that up. So again and again, all the the songs of the sea. I love the history, and I'm now reading some of the Hornblower books, and it's just anything to do with the sea. It just it just gets in your head, doesn't it? And I just it does even the historical yeah. stuff. I love it. Yeah. 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 And I think there'll be a lot of people listening to this. You know, if the sea is in your heart, it's in your heart and yeah. you just yeah, can't escape it. And anything to do with like that watery world, you know, is is of interest. So and hopefully yeah. we'll convert some of the people in these big cities, you know, listening to this. It's uh, yeah. And we'll get sorry. <laughs> we'll get some more people visiting like the, the coastline and in particular, you know, the chalk reef as well. So what's kind of the window? Is it it's just the summer months when people can... Yeah, oh definitely summer months, yeah. Or maybe maybe very early autumn, depending on what the weather's doing. But um I've got one of my videos on YouTube is uh, uh snorkeling tips for the North Norfolk Chalk Reef. So that's got information about when to go, where to go. I mean it's some of it's really basic. Your 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 listeners of experienced divers will probably find it really condescending, but some of it's but it, it, there's some stuff about the local area as well and tidal conditions and just when to go in yeah. but and if, but if people want to drop me a line I'm more than happy to you know engage in any of that stuff and or you know I post uh, try and post on Instagram when I can and yeah. sometimes on Facebook if I can be bothered <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> no well I think that's good yeah. and I, I think there's a YouTube video out that you've done about you know what equipment you need to go snorkeling and you know it's just yeah. simple stuff like that is really helpful for anybody that you know, maybe holidaying up in the north. Yeah, and don't area. know the area and what to do and what to mm. take. Yeah, yeah. And we're lucky. It is. It's a. It's a pretty safe coastline. We don't have any nasty sort of rip currents. Generally, it's you know we've got the the, the flood and the ebb tide, but they don't move at, at ridiculous speeds unless you're in a like a full spring tide. But even then, it's not that bad. It's not going to. Nothing's going to take you out to sea. It might right. take you along along the coast east to west, but nothing's yeah. going to drag you out to sea. So we're you know nice safe coastline when it when it's suitable for snorkeling you wouldn't go in snorkeling when there's 
when it's when it's rough and and wave, the waves are crashing because the visibility is like trying to snorkel in gravy you just wouldn't so yeah <laughs> yeah so well it's just keep an eye on the weather um in those summer months and calm days and yeah get out there and yeah we we feel really lucky we've managed to do it Love at it. least once now yeah <laughs> so, it has to be done yeah yeah and it's definitely and without you know hearing about your promotion of it and all the amazing things that you can see underwater we'd have never ever have known about it yeah. so you know that well, just shows right. keep, keep doing what you're doing and it's just yeah. get get that message out there about this yeah amazing underwater world we have excellent yeah i mean i'm just sharing what i'm passionate about there's no there's no political motive behind any of what i do i just i love to go down there and see it and i love making films and i love to be able to great stuff as much as anything for me to look back on but but if, if other people can see it and enjoy it and learn from it and gain something from it then what's to, what's to lose yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Uh, yeah and you know it was that's why we were there in the summer yeah because yeah. of you so yeah awesome. <laughs> so thanks for sharing that <laughs> yeah no it's been really great talking to you chris and uh yeah hopefully we'll get some people over to your website and uh, looking at your YouTube videos as well to see what amazing life we have up in North Norfolk. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, yeah, you'll have a calm winter on the RNLI uh, boat and uh, everybody will stay safe. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope so. Yeah. Great. It's great. Yeah. It's lovely chat with you guys. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. No, it's Same very much. to catch up with you. And uh, yeah, thank you for your time this evening, Chris. Great stuff. All right. All right. Take care. Have a good evening. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Okay. Well, we want to say uh, thanks to Chris for coming on. And um, don't forget to, if you anything particularly you liked about what we talked about, um, there's more to be found on his website, which is uh, Chris Photography. Chris Taylor uh, Photography. Chris Taylor Photography. Uh, so look at or just Google Chris Taylor. Uh, in Sheringham and um, all that will come up and uh, there's you know there's a lot to be found off our coastline which is really cool yeah but it also it shows yeah the passion he has for the underwater world and the coastline it's weird though how we are we all have this kind of a attraction to the water and maybe it's because we are what aren't we like 80 percent water something like that but but there are people out there probably that have no interest in the sea and I think they oh, hate sure. the sea. Yeah. But you know, I think we're all quite like-minded and you know, I get completely what Chris means. Can't be away from the coastline for too long. And every time you drive back home, it feels like you're going home. <laughs> yeah, I, it is it is a bit odd. It's a bit a little bit to, you know, one of these life's mysteries why you do feel that draw, that pull. I'd, um, I'd say I'd get the same being in the mountains, like when I've been skiing, that kind of makes fills your heart like with wow. I like seeing the mountains and I like being <laughs> there, but um, no, I, I, I prefer being with the coast, definitely. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah, sea, sea is a hot, but you get the same. I think being in the hills and the mountains, it's the open space. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. 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 So I think it's really fascinating, you know, hearing him uh talking about how he got into um photography and diving and things like that i thought that you know that was really good and um long time being in the rnli that's long mm. service that yeah yeah real commitment and uh obviously 
it all goes he's through and through a real seaman isn't he yeah and we should we should give thanks because uh, i think that's important because you know with the rnli they they do that voluntary yeah and it's all charity driven as well just like the engineer that gets paid and maybe somebody Mm. in management might get paid to who you know who manages it and what have you i might be wrong but for the majority of the people involved they just give up their good time well, we have two very good friends, don't we, Sam and Ben? Absolutely, and yeah. Um yeah. Prime I, examples, you yeah. know, of uh, guys who all weathers, when that alarm goes, they drop everything and put their life on the line to go and save other people. And, yeah, and it know, isn't just a... Thanks for that. You know, they volunteer their time, but it becomes part of their life and it, it's... It, well, has to they, it's, it? it's family as well isn't it and, it's uh, not a job is it it's not a job no no and it's a life. commitment to the the coastal and it's not for everybody no no yeah, to be fair yeah so but yeah no that was really amazing and it's lovely to talk to somebody local for a change from our yeah. area and the coastline that we know quite well yeah nice to see the cat make an appearance as well yeah we like a bit of four-legged wild a wildlife <laughs> yes say, and right? even having yeah some amber on the show as well so for our listeners obviously yeah you you may see us on video a bit later but yeah he had some amber which is like a pine resin that yeah. obviously is fossilized and uh, over time and uh, we find a lot on our beaches around here yeah yeah we do certainly do and um, always, you know, our beach is always open and uh, available for beach cleans and things like that. Yes, look after your beaches. <laughs> um, I think that's kind of it, really, with uh, in regards to that. I think we ought to say thank you very much for him. Oh, a little shout out there to Dan Abbott. Dan yes. Abbott, we spoke to... Uh, oh, oh, probably uh, when we were oh, in double-figure episodes. Dived up publications, is that right? No, um, am I thinking of someone else? Yes, I think so. <laughs> so but we'll, it, we'll, we'll put the sh- in the show notes. Um, hey, shout out there to talk about publications. It was yes, Dan Abbott's um episode. Um, yeah, yeah I, we spoke to him that was probably maybe towards the end of lockdown. Dan, if you're listening, need to make contact and we'll get you back on. We'll ca- see what a you're up to. Episode yeah. with you in 2024 yes but just going back through our previous episodes i'll put some links below but we've spoken to a lot of people that are real ambassadors for our uk coastline so like jd scuba one of them um even some of our irish uh, guests as well and uh even uh, like underwater ross Ross, yeah Yeah. Yeah, ross mclaren um cat who told us about diving off our coast as well yes yeah yeah absolutely and uh yeah we've we've spoken to some amazing people that rob spray another one who told us about the north norfolk coast yeah yeah so there's a there's like well people say yeah the uk has an amazing diverse uh, marine life and coastline and uh, there's so much to be explored yeah, yeah. We need to look out for basking sharks now. Look out, look out for those scallops as well. They always make an appearance. <laughs> yes, yes. We like to mention the scallops in every episode. Just get them in, you know. <laughs> or <an> avid listener. <laughs> oh, top fan. Yes. 
Anyway, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, so we'll, as always, uh, before we get more letters of complaints about mentioning scallops, um, we should say and give thanks to our great friends at Narked at 90, who, yes. as you know, sponsor these podcasts and helps make it all possible. So thanks to them. Um, if you are in the tech diving or you're thinking about buying a rebreather or you're thinking about buying a shearwater computer you just just started out diving and you're thinking you're buying buying your first dive computer have a look at narked at 90 make contact with us and we'll even give you a voucher how about that yes yeah so and they've got they've, they've got an amazing team with a wealth of knowledge so even if you're a bit confused give them a ring drop them an email and you'll definitely get a lot of good advice and help hey don't take our word for it give them a call go to the website and have a chat with them and then hey let us know let yep. us know yeah you know? yeah yep. that's it yeah so i think that's uh another great episode and uh we've enjoyed chatting to chris taylor and yep. uh, yeah we'll, we'll keep in touch and follow his progress um and look forward to the next snorkeling season on the north norfolk coast i uh, can't wait yeah i can't wait to uh get the uh young um scuba honey on mm. the case for uh doing that because i think she'll enjoy that yeah well we could snorkel it on a low tide and even dive it on a high tide so yeah either yeah or really actually i was hearing him talk about doing the, a night snorkel that would I be... wonder what we could do is that you could go um kayaking on a wednesday so you get to do the kayak at Cromer. Yeah, and then go up the coast. And then whip up the coast as it's getting dark to then do the snorkel. Yeah, and you can even like take a paddleboard out so you've got like a place to pop up. With. Yeah, we'll just put a float, we'll take the float. Yeah, we've got float. Tor- put a torch in the float mm. so it illuminates that or some glow sticks. Yeah. And then that, off you go. Yeah, the main thing is safety. Somebody yeah, knows you're right, out there. Yeah, the Coast Guard know. Yeah, 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 which is all great advice. And uh, you don't want the RNLI boat rocking up saying what you're doing. <laughs> no, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> no, but no, there's good uh, safety advice from Chris as well. And uh, yeah, if you've got any questions for Chris, you can contact him directly on his website or drop us a line and we'll pass over your details. Yeah. And don't forget to pass on to your dive buddy, um who we are that we've got this podcast and we talk to all these people let them know and don't forget to leave us a five-star review because that helps them us helps other people get found yes and it, we're officially uh li- listed and downloaded in 140 countries around the world so drop us a line because wherever you are around the world we'd love to know where you listen to us and how your diving is or why you listen to us <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we'll keep adding those countries to the list yeah or if you think you're in one of the most remote countries you don't think is listened we're downloaded then let us know and we'll yeah absolutely yeah we, we yeah. want to know definitely yeah because yeah. antarctica was um one that came up the other day wasn't it when we were interviewing um hayley yes yeah yeah yep. she's uh, put Antarctica on the map for us. Yes, yeah, she's downloaded us while she's been out on a vessel. Yeah, that's good news. Right, that's it for now. We will speak to you on the next one. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Um, but for right now, this was the Big Scuba Podcast. See you soon. Now that does wrap up today's episode of the Big Scuba Podcast. But 
If you want to hear more from the podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button depending on what platform you are listening on. That way, you will never miss an episode from us. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and did enjoy what you heard today, we would really appreciate it if you head to the show page to leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help us. If you do, please take a screenshot of that review and send it to us on Instagram and we'll give you a shout out to say a big thank you. If you have any questions for us or anything that has been mentioned in today's episode, be sure to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms or send us an email. The links are in the show notes. We will get back to you no matter what. If you have made it to this point in the episode, we both want to say a big, big thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.